Hey, of all the things you got going on today, thank you for including us in your day. Welcome to The Quest. Always good to be together, especially if you're checking us out. So before we get into the talk today, how about if we open up with a word of prayer? Father, we love you and I just thank you for my friends. I thank you for every person that is watching. I know you have a plan and a purpose for them. I know that as we begin this new year and as we begin this journey in our lives with you as we begin to trust you in our lives. Father, I know that you have great things in store for each one of us that trust you. I just ask, Father, that you would meet the deepest needs of our lives. You know what they are, that you would just give us the faith that we need to trust you as we should, that you would also, Father, give us peace, that you would give us joy, that you would give us the stamina and the courage that we need in this journey that we walk with you. Father, I just ask that you would step into the lives of each person that is listening as they open their hearts to you and as they make themselves available to you. Father, that you would meet their needs and that you would give them the faith that they need for the challenges that they face, as well as the spiritual growth that you desire in them as well as all of us. Father, speak to our hearts today through this talk, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we're beginning a brand new series today, a series that we're really excited about. It's called A New Heart for a New Year. So many of us really do want a new life for a new year. We're we're tired of the old life. We're probably even tired of our current condition. We we need a new start, but the truth is, is we're spiritually exhausted a lot of times. We tend to be worn out. We probably have even given up on spiritual life to some degree, where we have a loss of passion and a loss of purpose. Just understand that God wants to renew your life. He wants to refresh your life. He wants to regenerate your life and give you new life. The problem is a lot of us are ready to give up before the year even begins. I mean, we start thinking things like, why even try? Been there, done that. And what we need is this, and you can write it down. We need a new heart to experience a new life. You see, most people pursue a new behavior rather than addressing what produces the old behavior. I want to say that again. I want you to really hear that. Most of us pursue a new behavior rather than addressing what produces the old behavior. A scripture that we refer to often is found in Proverbs, and you you know it well, but it says that we're supposed to guard our hearts above all else, for it determines the course of our life. Your heart determines your direction. Your heart determines your behavior. That's why David wrote the scripture when he said this, He said, create in me a new, clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. Sometimes we forget to guard our hearts. We forget to nurture a clean heart or a right heart. And what happens over time is our heart becomes self-centered or maybe selfish, stagnant, greedy. It could even become prideful. And ultimately, we end up with a heart that's distant from God. So as we look at this heart issue, a definition of the heart is this. It refers to our inner man. The heart is the source of our motives and our passions and our thoughts and our desires and our attitudes. The core of who we are. And the heart of the person is so important. And this is an important issue to understand. You can write down the condition of our heart determines the action of our lives. Behaviors are born in the heart. Just consider this, the action of your life that you recognize, that needs to change, that maybe even you want to change, reflects the condition of your heart. Jesus said this, he said, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, 
and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And because we're looking at the heart, it's important to point out this, something else you can write down, that God is more concerned with your heart than your actions. I know that that might seem like a, a surprising statement because we believe that God is focused on our actions. But it doesn't mean that God excuses our behavior or that he ignores our behavior. He knows that behaviors are born in the heart. And Jesus supports this idea when he said this. He said, from the heart come evil thoughts and murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft and lying and slander. And maybe Jeremiah sums it up best when he says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? See, our hearts are deceitful and they are unclean. But the good news is, and you can write this down because I think it's really essential, God makes our hearts pure through Jesus' death. That's something that we've got to understand. We've got this heart issue that's a real problem in our lives, and yet God has already solved the problem if we would embrace the solution. And, and the issue is when we make our lives about God, when we surrender our lives to His will, and we accept what Jesus did on the cross, God declares us pure and clean. In 1 Corinthians, it reminds us, it says that Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Not perfect, but clean, right with God. That's important to know because a lot of times we focus on the perfection of our lives, and that has nothing to do with what God's talking about. We are perfect through Christ. We've received his mercy. We didn't receive what we deserve. And we were made clean all because of Jesus. It had nothing to do with you. Now, I'm sure that you're a, a great person, but you had nothing to do with it. I don't care how long you've been following Christ. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. See, if we forget that we are pure and clean in our hearts, because of Jesus, then, then what happens is this. We remove Jesus from the process of a clean heart. And without Jesus, the best we can do is modify our own behavior. We modify behavior in our lives that we don't currently like. And that's where New Year's resolutions fit in. But we need a new heart for a new year. And the way that happens is this. Scripture says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. The scripture points out something that's really important. You can write this down. We need to stop acting carelessly and start living exclusively for God. Remember, the lack of purity comes from the diversity of affections and desires in our heart. We live with desires that don't please God, and so we tend to live out these desires without even thinking. So if we're going to live exclusively for God, a few things that we're going to do is this. The first one is we will allow God to examine our heart. Not just once, but we will allow God an open invitation to evaluate and assess the activity of our lives. The condition of our heart. If we really want an undivided heart, a heart that is exclusively God's, then we have to be intentional about asking. Am I being open with God in my life or am I trying to keep things from God? David writes this in Psalms. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. 
The way that we can do this is we just ask simple questions like, who am I living to please? Who decides what's important in my life? Who do I submit to? A lot of us, we don't submit to anything but our own desires. And that's where the problem comes. Also, if we're going to live exclusively for God, something else you can write down is this. We live from a repentant heart. A new heart is a changed heart with new desires and a new direction. Another way of saying this is we need a correction in the direction of our lives. That's what repentance means. It means that I've been going in a direction for a while now, and as I recognize that I'm going to stop and choose a new direction, a direction that leads me to God, a direction that desires to please God. Repentance is so important. In Matthew, it says this, it says, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Repentance is essential in coming close to God because it forces us to look at our condition without God. In Psalms, it says this, it says, in their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. Gosh, that is a dangerous place to live. Not only do we not hate our own sin, but we're unaware of it. We don't even recognize our sin. We all have things in our hearts that need to be corrected and eliminated. Things that we say, you know, this doesn't need to be a part of my life anymore. It doesn't need to be a part of my heart anymore. It's almost like we're saying, I choose to give this to God because he deserves better of me, but he deserves better from me. See, a new heart will naturally draw us closer to God. It will naturally cause us to open ourselves to God. Also, if we're going to live exclusively for God, then something else you can write down is we want to come as close to God as we can. Uh, that may sound like a weird statement, but think about how your life would change with this one decision. Y you might be thinking something like, wait, Dave, God said that he'll never leave us. So, in fact, we can read it. It's found in Hebrews. It says, God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We know that. And if God never leaves us, then we're never far away from him. We start thinking we're always close to him. The truth is, is that God never leaves us, but our hearts can come close to God and sometimes wander away from God. In other words, we can connect or disconnect. There's some Christ followers that I've met in my years that if they want to see how far it is they can be away from God and still be okay with God. In other words, what can I get away with? Just important to know that when we're looking to get away with something, that is a heart issue that comes from a, a sick heart, not a healthy heart. A true Christ follower sees how close they can get to God because they want to be close to God. And that's the nature of the relationship that God wants to have with you. He created you to be close to you and close with you. Closer is always better. David writes this in Psalms. He says, but as for me, how good is it to be near God? I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Most of us want God's protection. We want to be safe. But God becomes our protection as we get close to him. And what does coming close to God even mean? Well, you can write this down. Coming close to God means that we're all in. Not partially committed, but fully devoted. The gospel costs us nothing. It's free, but the gospel demands everything from us. We, we have to be all in. And I want to go back to that scripture that we read just a moment ago. I want to finish reading it's found in James 4, 8, where it says, Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, 
for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen, we'll never draw close to God when our loyalty is divided between God and this world. When our heart is divided and our desires are upon two different things. The Quest is one of many churches that sets aside the first of the year for this purpose of drawing close to God. And we do this intentionally because we believe that it sets a precedent for the remainder of the year. Because what we're doing is we're intentionally making God our priority. So a couple of things that we do that I think is important for us to address that helps us, enables us to come close to God is the first one is this prayer that connects us to God. We intentionally spend time talking with God. It brings us closer to God and it changes our unbelieving hearts. And in fact, the more time that we spend with God, the greater our faith will grow. And the reason is the more time you spend with someone, the more confidence you have in them. We have this confidence in God because we spend time getting to know God. It's not about putting our hours in. It's not about doing this regimented thing. It's just about spending time and getting to know God. Opening our hearts to Him and, and wanting to know Him. Wanting to be close to Him. And I bet all of us could improve our prayer time, our prayer life. I mean, I know that I can. And that's why I choose to make it a priority. We all know this, but when our prayer life is strong, our faith in God is strong. And the reason is because prayer connects us to God. Prayer is the difference between counting on the best that I can do versus counting on the best that God can do. Another thing that we do in coming close to God is this, fasting that disconnects us from the world. Fasting is a discipline that many people do not practice. They, they've convinced themselves they can't. But fasting is so important because it forces us to not listen to the flesh. It's a way of disciplining our flesh. Fasting is denying ourselves something that is important and devoting that time to God. Fasting is choosing not to do something for a season, for a period of time, because it has become too important in our lives. We have to intentionally disconnect from behavior that is causing us to be distant from God or taking time away from God or causing us to be distracted from God. Fasting makes our hearts more in tune with God's heart. What fasting does is it brings our appetites and desires into submission so that they are pleasing to God. Because these heart issues, these appetites and desires that we have in our lives, if we give them free reign, they will naturally identify with the world rather than with God. They have to be dealt with and surrendered to God. Every year, the first of every year, we do a 21-day prayer and fasting. It actually starts tomorrow on the 8th. We encourage you to participate in this time of prayer and fasting in drawing close to God. So if we're going to draw close to God, a few steps that we can take, a few action steps are these. The first one is we got to make God our priority. Not a priority, but make God your greatest priority. Establish God as the most important person in your life. The greatest love of your life. You know what Jesus said. He said the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your being. Another action step if we're going to come close to God is this. Have a purpose for your fast. Understand that your fasting is to come close to God, not to manipulate God, not to impress God. Have a plan. Pray about what you want to experience in this 21-day fast. What you're fasting for. What are you believing God to do from this fast? 
What do you want your heart to be as a result of this fast? See, remember, prayer and fasting don't change God, it changes us. And prayer and fasting doesn't elevate us, it humbles us before God. Another action step if we're going to come close to God is this. Decide what fast you will do. Decide what your fast is going to be. Don't do what is easy. Do what God is asking of you. Because what God is asking of you generally correlates to his plan for you and what he desires in your life. Whatever he's asking you to do may be the issue that's keeping you from what he wants for you. I have found in my life, the greater the fast, the greater the results. There are many different types of fasting. People fast social media, people fast television, people fast a meal a day, people fast many meals a day or all meals. Sometimes they just take in juice. Sometimes they just take in soup. There's many different fasts. What we have to decide is we have to decide what fast it is that we're going to do. What is it that God's asking us to do? Because it has the greatest impact on our heart. Also, the last one, if we're going to come close to God, another action step is expect results. Faith expects God to act. It anticipates God's power to come through. It believes that God is going to do great things. In Hebrews 11, it says anyone who wants to come to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. In other words, there's going to be great results when we make God our pursuit. When we make God the pursuit of our heart. Remember, we're not looking for a change that we can make happen because of willpower. We're looking for a change in our life that can only happen because of His power, God's power in our life. We need God. We need His strength. We need His hope. We need His power. Also in Hebrews, it tells us this. Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith because we have been made free from a guilty conscience and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I want to encourage you to commit yourself to nurturing a heart for God. Make God your greatest priority. Start making a commitment that I'm going to go to church every week. I'm going to get into a connection group. I'm going to spend time with God every day. I'm going to include God in the activity of my day. I'm going to take this fast seriously. What we're doing is we're committing our hearts to a greater relationship with God. That's what he wants from our lives. Ultimately, that is the life that you want. Your human nature is going to fight it. Your flesh is going to fight that. But ultimately, what you want and the reason for all of the New Year's resolutions is because you want a closer relationship with God. It fills the void in your life and it satisfies your life. You might be listening today and God has never been a priority. You've never really had a relationship with him. And this is a great day to resolve that. This is a great day to make God the priority of your life. The way it happens is all we have to do is say, God, I, I want you to dwell within me. I want you to fill my life. I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to be in charge. I want to be a person that pleases you in how I live. Not because I'm perfect, but because I'm close to you. Because I want to be close to you. Can I just tell you, if you want to be close to God, God will work out all of the details. We just surrender our hearts to Him. He's listening to you. I would say this, it's more than just a prayer. Then we have to start doing the action steps that we talked about. Because the action steps help us to get close to God. The action steps are the process 
that we put in place that keep us close to God. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you and I first and foremost lift my friends to you that want to begin a relationship. They want to begin this new year with you. They want you to be the priority of their life, the most important person in their life. And I ask that as they put their faith in you, as they open their hearts to you, as they embrace what your son Jesus has done for them on the cross by dying for their sins, by being raised from the dead, that they know that they will experience new life, forgiveness. They will experience eternal life. They will experience you living within them and you being close to them. Father, we all need that. We all want to live a life where you are the priority in our lives and where our lives reflect you being close to us. Father, I know that we'll never be perfect until we get to be heaven with you. But Father, I ask that you would help us to open our hearts, that you can begin to work in our lives, to create that new and clean heart. We need a new heart for this new year. And Father, I just thank you. Help us as we get into this fast. Father, give us the strength. Father, give us the courage, and Father, give us the faith to participate in this fast with a pure heart, with the right motives, with the desire to be close to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, as you begin this fast, as you begin the prayer and fasting, just understand there might be times where you mess up. There might be times where you break the fast unintentionally, and that's okay. You just get back on the fast. You just begin the fast again. It doesn't mean that you're starting over. It only means that you stumbled and now it's time to start again. Remember, God's not impressed with our fast. The fast is for us. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Thank you for making us a priority in your day. I just want to say thank you and God's very best to you. Have a great and happy new year. May your new heart lead you into a new year with God. Bye-bye.